I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk. Quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Ellis. Unfortunately, Matt Blanchard isn't here today. It's a shame given that it's the first league game, but he'll be back next week, I imagine. And uh, to replace him for this episode, we've drafted in yet another Matt for this podcast. Uh, Matt Holt, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, lads. Thank you for having me anyway. No, not at all. Um, now, you might recognise Matt Holt because he's uh, done a few bits of writing for us over the summer, uh, generally actually an article a week nearly for Iron Brew, and they're, they're all on there covering various aspects of Scunthorpe United. Uh, so just in general then, Matt, to start with, from doing that, wh- what's been your perception of Scunthorpe this summer and you know going through the friendlies? I think for the club, obviously everyone understands now that we, like I say, we're in a bit of a transition period of the club, you know, we can't really attract those sort of players that we called when we was a few years ago aiming for the players we're in a completely different I say situation that we're in now uh, I think I'm fairly happy with the uh, additions that we've got so far I mean Spence looks like a good uh, player I'm, I'm liking him a lot and, and Vincent as well in the middle of the park there was a lot of talk that we may be a little bit short there in the centre midfield but I think the first couple of games you know they've kind of they've, they've settled in fairly well I, I like Cordner as well from Bournemouth I think he's a strong player um, I, it's going to be an interesting season for us all whether is mid-table something that, you know, we're going to look for or are we going to maybe push on towards uh, if we put a little bit of a good run together? It's, it's going to be, I think, a good season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a whole, really. Yeah, good. I mean, obviously, we did a prediction episode uh, last week, actually, on the Iron Brew podcast. And I think, uh, although, Matt, after, we were saying, weren't we, after the, some of the performances in Newport, which we will come on to, we might want to re, uh, revise some of our predictions, weren't we? <laughs> Well, for after the first half, yeah, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have got it massively wrong again. But anyway, I'm sure we'll come on to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But just on that uh, line of thought, Matt, what about you uh, going into the Newport game before? Obviously, before we've seen any of it, before we'd seen the lineups, anything like that, we were expecting it to be quite a tough game. What about you? How confident were you going into that game? Um, yeah, with it being the first league game, and obviously with the Port Vale game um, last week in the, the Carabao Cup, I thought. We, we played well for, for large parts of that game. It was just two or three like lapses in concentration that cost us, cost those two goals at, at each end of the half. But I was, you know, I was hopeful that we could get something from the game as well. Um, judging from what I've seen so far, the first half, what the second half, so it was a lot better than the first half. So I, I was fairly confident, like I said, that we could get something from the game. Um, but it, it's interesting. It sets it up nice for the season. A point's nothing really to be like, shied away from. That. First game of the season with a lot of new players in there. So. Yeah, going into it, I was, I was confident that we could come away with something. Right, let's get into the game then, because I mean, there is one little bit of news, but actually, we'll do that towards the end of the episode when we're previewing the Crawley game, because it makes sense just to jot it in there. So let's get straight into the Newport game. And before we look at the match in detail, I think, and actually, before we even look at the formation, because I think that's a big point of contention about this game, let's look at the team sheet, because as we've said previously, it's it's sort of Neil Cox's 11 that he can field. This is probably as close to his first 11 that he can get at the minute due to obviously players isolating and obviously the many injuries that we have. Um, but what were you thinking about the team sheet? I think the big surprise probably, and the, the talking point really, is uh, Hippolyte, Miles Hippolyte from Yeovil uh, over Ryan Colclough, who actually up to that point featured quite regularly in the preseason. Yeah, I, I thought that he... When I saw uh, saw the team sheet, it took me about 10 minutes to work out what was going on, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. because we, we were really sure what we were going to be playing. And then I was a little bit disappointed because 
um, at the top of the season. If, if you remember, um, <clears throat> Cox was adamant that he was going to be playing two strikers and he was going to be playing on the front foot and he stipulated that he was going to play 4-4-2. So when we kind of lined up with whatever this was supposed to be, I was going to be like, all right, okay, fair enough. Well, let's give it let's give it a go. But we, it's, it's that weird thing, isn't it? It's got new Scunthorpe United managers in the start of new seasons where we seem to play some bizarre kind of iteration of three at the back and we've done it again. I don't know why. And it didn't really work, did it, in the first instance, in the first half we looked a bit sort of all over the shop really we a lot of the players didn't really seem to know where they were supposed to be it was a bit of a you know a bit of a mixed bag it was a bit a bit dodgy really um yes and also I was surprised to see Hippolyte on the on the team shoot because I didn't think he was fit but um you know he he, he had a decent game so fair play mm-hmm. to him he defended well I think you know I think he can play anywhere up down the left side uh, I was expecting personally to see Butchard at left back and probably Colclough on one of the wings um but we of course we didn't get that wing said we got you know um Hippolyte on the on the left and you know he, he did all right he, he got forward a bit I think he defended well I actually thought he defended better than he got forward he, he seems to you know be capable of playing or defending from the left back role which was absolutely fine um and you know he got forward okay and I think uh the, the only criticism I've had with him I thought you know was he, he didn't try and beat the last man not even once even though he was quite advanced he didn't want to try and run past the fullback um and that could just be a confidence thing it could be match sharpness you know anything like that he maybe was worried about getting caught out and he didn't want to go on too far um, I think he obviously... I think he tired as well didn't he towards the end I yeah think, which well... is to be expected I mean I, I was quite surprised that Colcliffe didn't come on with sort of 15-20 minutes to go no I, I was surprised that he, he played full game really um because didn't expect him to be fit enough and, and we, we were led to believe that he wasn't much fit but he, he did all right you know and uh fair, fair play to him and, and that was yeah as you said that was that was the biggest kind of uh talking point from the team sheet was the when we worked out what the formation was was what Hippolyte was kind of replacing not only Butchard but also um Colcliffe and I kind of think that most people expected Colcliffe to start well, let's let's bring up on a few points that you've mentioned there, because uh, obviously, yeah, the four four two thing, you know, that Neil Cox said that we were going to do the attacking football, all of that. Um, the three at the back thing, I think we we did that on the Tuesday night as well against Lincoln, and it seemed to do go all right there. But as we said on the other one, it sort of went away a little bit in the uh, in the second half. But uh, interesting though, with that, I think when you're doing three at the back. Uh, it worked a little bit in the Lincoln game. The rest of the formation, I don't think, was was this that we saw on Saturday, really. So it, it seems to me that, in a way, this was the first time that we'd seen this formation, which after the, you know, actually quite a lot of games in the end for pre-season, I was surprised that it was something so different to what we'd seen. I think um, just on that and touching on what Matt said about Cox trying this new formation, what it is, he's probably still trying to find out potentially what his best 11 is. I know he's not really had a lot of time since he came in. Of course, he came in late within the summer. These additions that we're saying that, you know, it necessarily wasn't him that has brought them in. Maybe he did have to say, who knows with the what. But I think he is still trying to find that his, his best 11 for him. And maybe this, this formation was something like, say, he wanted that attacking football. He wanted us to play those two up top, like Matt said, this, this fluidity throughout the team, uh, a nice do it. It's an interesting to see Gilead, for me personally, play through the middle. Mm. It's not a role personally that I thought he would, uh, you know, go for this season, especially with him being so well last season out wide and an icer on the other side. So it's yeah, like I say, it's interesting to see him go with this for now. Whether or not it sticks, like I say, it's still a transition. I'm sure these players are learning something new, and whether we go back to it being a four four two or something, you know, a little bit easier for them to pick up initially. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting to see him go with that from the start. I think. And Matt, you mentioned earlier there about it sometimes, in the, especially in the first half, the players not necessarily that sure where they were and you know what was happening. And I think that was quite evident quite early on in the game because I think Newport had a chance really early on, didn't they? And it, it, you know it was sort of whipped into the box, and it was essentially a free header, even though there was quite a lot of men in the box. And I thought that was the point where I thought, oh, hang on a minute, this you know this this is a bit worrying. Yeah, he didn't. Nobody seemed to really picking him up, despite the fact that. Pretty much all the defence was in the box, and he, he he made a mess of it, really, didn't he? He just went wide, and it didn't really trouble Watson in the end. But I, I think that we we just we just started to look like a little bit out of sorts, just sort of after that. And as you said, that was kind of the warning shot, really, thinking, all right, well, something's maybe not quite right. Um, and and it, it proved so in, in the first half, didn't it? And I just think that I don't know. I, it surprised me that we went with such a seemingly complicated formation um, when you've got you know, a decent amount of 
inexperienced players on the pitch. We're the generally inexperienced manager. And I was I was expecting four four two. I was probably a bit disappointed, but you know, probably me being naive considering that we've not played a huge amount of four four two, but we did look a little bit out of sorts. And I thought the to be quite honest, I thought the first house was, was awful, was as bad as anything we've seen under any of the past two or three managers, um, to be quite honest, which was really disappointing. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of that as well was that it wasn't just at the back, was it? It was when you were going forward because of the way the team were, and maybe it's partly what Newport did as well. Or I thought they did okay; they didn't look anything majorly special. But you know, we didn't they didn't really have to do much, did they? Um, we were quite isolated up front, and I thought obviously we'll come on to Ryan Loft, uh, especially his goal a bit later on. But I thought as the game progressed, you could see him getting more and more frustrated, really, with what he was getting given. Yeah, he, he wasn't getting much, was he? Um, and I think that this is one of this is this is the thing that baffles me with this formation or whatever it was that we played. You've got you know at least three really really talented wingers. You've got Gilead, you've got Issa, you've got Colclough, and we played a relatively narrow formation with you know obviously we weren't sure if Hiplat was fully fit and and Hornshaw on the right. Though I thought he did he did quite well for his, yep. his first game, but. You know, it's inexperience, isn't it? And you're not going to have full coverage on the wings. Which and Newport are a big team, they're a physical team, and they had you know big centre backs, and they were quite compact. So every time that Issa got the ball, or when he had to come and get it deep, which obviously left Loft incredibly isolated on his own. There were a few long balls to him, nothing, nothing too bad. But every time that a ball was launched forward to Loft, there was nobody anywhere near him to get a flick on, or you know, to kind of help him out there <clears throat> because everybody was so central and they were so far back. So, you know, this is a bit weird. You play a striker like Loft, he's a big guy, you know, he's going to be a threat in the air. You think, you know, you've why not play with wingers to get the ball into the box, to get to the byline, to cut it back, get a few more men in the box, play with two up front. But no, we kind of played with probably our best player, who is Issa. You know, I think that's it's pretty spot on, really. And he's playing out of position. He's not really playing up front. He's kind of playing in a false nine role. And he's, he can't sort of like normally where Easter excels is he, he cuts in through the wing doesn't he and he does really well there where most of the time it's it's a shot and it's a goal he's a little bit selfish I thought he was a little bit greedy on Saturday but he was playing a format uh, in, in a position he probably wasn't used to and it, it kind of nullified any real threat we didn't really produce many chances I think maybe um, not including the goal maybe two or three chances really for the whole game um, and I think I just think that we, we were we were absolutely crying out for width and I thought the problem was every time that either of the fullbacks or wing backs or whatever they were on Saturday got forward and when Newport came back at us we looked incredibly exposed and I think we looked really weak for the most part particularly in Hornchoff's position not that he didn't have a good game but we we, we genuinely just what happened that's where their, their goal came from and I thought we just looked a bit weak there and there was no real focus there was no there was no support for Hull there was no real kind of emphasis on any kind of style of play we were just kind of on the pitch and it was really disappointing from that really and I just I cannot get my head round you know you've got your best players you know who they are play them in the positions and just keep it basic but instead we played them in you know what was Gilead he, he did alright but he wanted a winger he wanted a forward he wanted a central midfielder he was kind of all over the place he's neat and tidy he did alright he had a decent game you know but really he should be on the wing because that's what he does he's, he's got the pace he runs at players and he you know he would play really well with a striker like Love the same with Issa you know why don't we just stick to what we know they're good at and we'll be alright but we kind of had this weird formation and, and nobody really excelled and I thought Though we did get a lot better in the second half, um, if it wasn't for Loft Screamer, we would have lost the game. And it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, yeah. I think, to be fair, I think there are there were a couple of uh, decent performances in there. And actually, you mentioned Gilead. I, I actually had him picked out as having a pretty good game, along with Spence as well. I thought he was excellent. And obviously, those two ended up being obviously quite central. I think Spence was in front of the defence, wasn't he? And I, I completely agree. I think Gilead, you know, he should be on the wing. But, you know, again, as we were saying before in, in a couple of our episodes, I think it's testament to him that actually, if he is out of position, he can still put in a performance as he did, you know, become one of the better players on the pitch. And, you know, we, we've talked about, obviously we've talked about age in this squad, haven't we? And, you know, experience and things like that. Obviously, Gilly's been captain for the last couple of games. And actually, I'd, I'd really like to see him get the captain, actually, because I think he's a really good player. Mm. And I think he works really hard. And you can tell, even though he's, I think, is he 24, I think? I think they sort of look up to him a bit, don't they? And you can see his leadership, actually, throughout the pitch. I could see that on uh, on Saturday watching the game. Yeah, it's, in- it's interesting you say that, especially with Gilly regarding his age. And it, I think 
if John Clark's going to have another one of his seasons, you know, where he's intermittently in and out of the squad through injuries, it, it, maybe it is time to, you know, look look at Gilead as, like you say, if it's someone that's that's going to look, uh, the players can look up to within the squad, uh, maybe he is the perfect role for that. It, it's like you say, it's testament to Gilead of what he is, that he's, he is a naturally wired player. Everybody knows that he is better in that position. But him to fit in there and, and and still technically do a job in the centre of midfield. You know, we were touching on like other players, uh, like Ryan Colcliffe, who were against Port Vale. He, he was more central. And then as soon as he shifted out wide, Colcliffe instantly a better player. You know, he's very the same uh, sort of player to ice, you know, running at people direct, got, got to the byline for the goal. It's interesting to see how different players, Cox is trying to put them in different positions for now. Maybe he's just, you know, trying to, he's got all these players and he wants them in these specific positions and wants to try them everywhere for now to see what he is, like I say, his best squad is for now. So I'm not sure. It's interesting to to see how he's, he's going to go about this and, and find what we say his best team and what works for him, especially with, you know, with McAtee, with Kev, with, with Clark still to come into the team. It, there's a lot of options for him. I mean, that's that's another great point that you make there, Matt. It's obviously, yeah, John McAtee is to come back as well, isn't he? And I think, I think given the isolation period, he's probably back next weekend, isn't he? I think he should yeah, be all right near, for Crawley. Near enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been about two weeks, hasn't it? So, you know, yeah, I could see him slotting in. And then that, that changes it again, doesn't it? Because, I mean, with him in the team, maybe Vincent drops back a bit more. Maybe Gilly can then push out wide. Maybe we will see it a bit more like a, a 4-4-2 or, you know, a 4-3-3, something like that. Because uh, yeah. and, and I think hopefully McAtee will give us a bit more going forward because actually when I was making a few notes while I was watching the game and there was a handful of chances for us in the first half I think the best one was the breakaway when obviously Newport was on it and we sort of we broke all the way at the pitch Ryan Loft obviously gets quite near the goal has a shot it's sort of right at the keeper but it's it's as you were saying earlier Matt it's it's moments like that he's charging up he's in quite a lot of space and what, yeah, okay, it might be the camera angle. Okay, that is obviously a, a disadvantage. <laughs> We're only getting the one viewpoint, aren't we? And so you can't, you couldn't really see the far side of the pitch. But it didn't look as though we had, you know, two or three players charging up with him, you know, to give him the option to pass it across to square it, and then you know, in theory, get a goal because he got himself to a really nice chance, uh, really nice position there, and uh, you know, getting the shot away from that angle was it was it was it was never really going to go in. But if he had a player with him, it, you know, we might be able to square it. He did quite well, you know. I think that he he, he managed, he, you know, he, he controlled the ball right, and he managed to get a shot on target. And he, you know, from that angle, you don't expect him to score, but at least he's, he's working the goalkeeper. But you know, as you said, you're you're right, Brad. That it it just kind of that incident highlights the gap between your focal point in attack, which is Loft, and anybody else on the pitch. And there was no one anywhere near him. And I think that even after he got the shot away, there was still nobody near the box. So it was only ever going to be one outcome there. And, you know, really, if you had another striker on the pitch, he's going to be a lot closer to Loft. And, you know, he can either square it to him or he can, you know, maybe pick up the bits and just poke it over the line. But there was no real, you know, no proper threat. And I think it it, it just sort of, it, it did illustrate the distance between all all the other attackers on the pitch and loft. Let's move on to another bit in the first half then, because uh, one of my notes that I wrote down here is uh, Newport penalty question mark. And uh, I do remember what this was referring to. It was when Rory Watson sort of came out to collect the, po- uh, the ball. The player didn't <laughs> go down. I think that was a big part of it not being not being given. But I, you know, if, if, if there was a penalty there, I wouldn't have been surprised to see it given. Do you think Newport should have got something? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? I don't think it was a penalty, and, and clearly the ref didn't give it, but it wouldn't have surprised me if he did. You know what the referees are like at this level? That they're, you know, they're not always great. I mean, I thought the ref on Saturday was was fine, to be yeah. honest. He, he had a decent game, and I think that, you know, it, it was a bit of a curious one from Watson because I'm not really quite sure what he was doing. I mean, it, you know, I thought Watson had a decent game, all told. He, he, he You know, he, he was all right. I think he made a couple of decent saves. In general, he was fine. You know, that one, I'm not really sure. It could have been a bit of a flashpoint in the first half, but um, thankfully it wasn't. Um, but you can, you've seen him given, haven't you? And it's just, he, he didn't really need to be there. Um, and I'm not sure what he was doing, but it is what it is. It could have been a lot worse, but um, I, I don't want to be too harsh on him on that because I thought that he had a decent game, to be fair to him. So obviously the the other significant moment of the half was obviously the Newport goal, isn't it? And it's about half an hour into the match, and as you were saying earlier, Matt, it's down that it's down this sort of near side, and the player he runs it, and there's there's a few players on him. I think Gilead is one of them, and it, it's far too easy. You know, it's far too easy. And we've said this you know a few times already with us the Port Vale game, and I think Lincoln as well the other night, and it's 
he, he sort of cuts inside. Uh, nobody's really putting a challenge in. Um, potentially that moment earlier on with the nearly penalty, maybe that's playing on their mind, but there's no challenge in. It goes across the, the box, but it's not really with any power. And then it's, it's just sort of flicked in, isn't it? And I, I'm, I'm sort of put in mind of the goals at, at Port Vale because, again, it's, it's just, it just seems like we're just switching off a little bit in sort of key moments of the game. It's it's just in. I think it's indecision, really. I think it's, it. Sheehan, he does quite well, doesn't he? He knows what he's doing. He's quite a tricky player, and he, good he, he knows if he gets between defenders in and around the box, there's a chance that he's going to get tripped, and he's going to get a nice free kick, or he's going to get a penalty. And I think that that's, you know, Razzarelli said, but I think that's what they're thinking. I think you've got. I think there's there's Gilead close to him. There's Hornshaw, and there's one of the centre backs. I can't remember who it was, but they they kind of they they don't commit. They don't make a tackle. They don't. I mean, in that situation, a more experienced defender would have kind of forced him wide, you know, and they probably have got a corner out or something like that. But he managed to just kind of just weave his way straight through everybody, and, and he pulls it back. And it's a bit of a bit of a mess, isn't it? Really, and it's it's. I think it's just indecision. It's a bit of an experience. I think Hornshaw just kind of tracks him when he. He's right next to him. He doesn't really commit. He probably, as I said, he don't want to bring him down. But uh, it, I mean, it is, it's a mistake, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not them that have created the chance, really, I suppose. It's the fact that the defence hasn't dealt with it. And, and, you know, you'd like to think that something like that can be dealt with, with relatively easily. But unfortunately, it wasn't. And, and it was 1-0. And we thought, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I think you're probably right with that, Matt. From watching it back from from Gilead, it, as he's kind of ushered inside and he makes that run through, he goes unchallenged, doesn't he? As he enters the box, Gilead, maybe that, like you say, that penalty that they're nearly giving away in the first half is maybe on his mind now. As you can see him kind of like shy away and not going for a little bit, and then when it does go into the box and head towards the goal, there's no real, you know, conviction from any of the centre halves that are stood there within the six yard box. Oh, it's my ball. I'll deal with it. Clear it. I think. It, it simply comes down to just that inexperience. We've got a completely new and different back four again with us this season. You know whether it's going to we're going to stick with this three or, or the four. Like I say, who is it going to be with Magai or Corner or, or Bado moving forward? It would look like he's, he's maybe favoured three centre backs. They're going to have to build up sort of a partnership between themselves. And you know that, that's my ball. I'll, I'm going to call for it, put a name on it, kind of thing. It just looks like a little bit of indecision when the ball's in and around there and and, and sort of there. It, it's a difficult one. Like I say with, with Corner, he's not played that much league football I know he's, he's had stints in the National League but it, it's a massive step up like I say for all him into now into the football league so yeah it, it's, it's a weird one and like I say it, it just comes in there and nobody seems to deal with it and, and we pay the price ultimately yeah, I think you're right. And I think moments like this, as we go forward, will probably, or hopefully anyway, get ironed out. I think I think you are right. It is just a little bit of the team trying to just know who's going to be where, you know, a bit of communication. And, and that hopefully is something that we can fix quite easily. Um, so let's just take a moment at half time then here. So we're 1-0 down. First league game of the season. Obviously, we're already out of the cup. Uh, there's the, the draw on the, the Tuesday night, obviously losing the penalty shootout as well. Um, I, I think it was... I don't know. It was a bit of a like a not not a surprise to the start, I think, but it was it was a bit disappointing in the way that we'd gone about it. You know, we've mentioned the formation, the fact we were one down. You know, what what were you thinking at half time there, Matt? I was I, I, I you know I, I was a bit worried actually because I thought that we we just as I said earlier, we, you know, that was probably one of the worst half of football half of football I've seen in a while. Um, so I was quite disappointed that we we seemed to have no real direction. We we we, we looked completely toothless up front. You know, we looked a bit a bit shaken, a bit unsure what we were supposed to be doing. So I, I you know. I, you know, who who knows why was it the new formation? I was just a bit mm, a bit concerned. It didn't look to be going in the right direction, did it? And I thought that. You know, this isn't looking good. I know it's a bit harsh after the first 45 minutes of football, but I don't know how many Scunny fans will have watched that and thought, you know, we're going to be all right this season. Probably not many. I think at halftime, Cox must have had a word, you know, and he's clearly delivered a decent halftime team cut, really, because it wasn't looking good, was it? But in the second half, we looked a lot better. You know, genuinely, we looked a lot better and we looked like we had a bit more direction. We looked like we knew what we were supposed to do on the pitch. Um, so we kind of, we, in a sense, we turned it around, didn't we, really? So he, he must have given good instruction at half-time and, you know, we, we've not always seen that from his Scunthorpe United manager. I know Hurst was pretty you know, not great at halftime team talks because we seem to get worse in the second half. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Cox, you know, he did well. He brought, he obviously gave the players a bit of a kick up the ass. Um, and I think we saw that in the second half and, and we, we looked a lot better. We looked more like a team and we looked like we had more purpose. And to be quite honest, really, the second half performance was a bit of a relief after watching the first half. 
Yeah, it was certainly a lot better. And we were getting into positions a bit more often, than certainly than we were in the first half, weren't we? I think Badeau was given a bit more license to run forward a little bit. Uh, Hippolyte, as we've said earlier, was getting forward. I think you know, I think some of his end product was a little bit questionable. But, you know, obviously we, we don't know what he can do yet, do we? Um, obviously Issa as well. I think you referred to one of his chances earlier on. So, yeah, it was, it was refreshing, I think, after the first half. And, uh, you know, ultimately, just jumping ahead slightly, off the back of the two, I think you would say a point is a fair result from that game. Yeah, most definitely. I think, you know, going into your first game of the season, you know, after the disappointment of what we've had last season, you know, with all these new players, with the new manager, with completely different outlook on within the, the side as through. Um, it's, it's, an in, it's an interesting one and, and a point. It's nothing to be shy at, really. Newport are not a bad side, you know. They're, they're always in and around that sort of top seven area, aren't they? And, you know, based off the first half, um, they, they look good. They're, they're a decent side. They're well, they're well drilled. If you'd have given me uh, a point at, at the start of the game and said, yeah, it's going to be that, making it straight away, definitely. For the first game of the season, at least we haven't lost. So, Yeah, definitely. And then obviously we've got a you know real special moment in the, in the, uh, the game as well. And let's, you know, let's talk about this because obviously when Ryan Loft came in, as we've mentioned, you know, I think other fans from other clubs, they were saying, you know what, you know, he's useless signing. It's, it's nothing like, you know, why have you done it? You look at Port Vale, I thought he was really good. I thought, you know, near enough man of the match for me in that game. Um, you know, obviously got a goal there. And then, you know, in this one, what a strike. And it's sort of 30, 35 yards out, isn't it? And it just hits it. And I don't think, well, I don't, certainly the keeper wasn't expecting him to hit it. I wonder if part of it was just, you know, a hit out of pure frustration. You know, I could, I could absolutely understand that. But, you know, yeah, I was, uh, I was not expecting to get uh, what is probably likely to be a goal of the season uh, in the first game. Yeah, I, th- I think... The keeper weren't expecting it. We weren't expecting it. You know, um, it's a good job those replays and I follow. And it was a hell of a strike, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, fair play to him. I think that for, for somebody who was basically feeding on scraps the whole game, he, he basically had to create his own bit of magic, didn't he, if he was going to get on the score sheet. And he, and he did it. And, and, you know, what a strike. So, so fair play to him. He, he, he had another good game. You know, he worked hard. He, he didn't get much service. He didn't get much support, you know. Um, but... You know, he pulled out of the bag at the end, and and uh, it's, it's two goals in two games, isn't it? So it seems like a good signing so far, and and you know, fair play to him. It was a hell of a goal. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for for Loft as well. Like, like you said, Brandy, you've just touched on when he was signed. You know, we had Carlisle fans that were writing on Twitter, "Oh, thank God for that. He's a donkey." You know, get, we've got rid of him. And all this and all that. And I, I think for a striker, you know, to hit the ground running like like you just said, Matt, two goals in two games. You know, he's going to have competition this season for his place with, with, with Kev coming back in and then McAtee following afterwards. It's it's nice to see a striker, you know, coming to the team, two goals straight away. It's a fantastic strike. It will do in the absolute world of good. And, and I really do like him from, from what I've seen so far. It's, you know, if this is football we're going to do, up to him. And if he's going to be winning those headers, knocking on, giving it on something, you know, passing it on to, to Isa, to Colcuff, to McAtee, people who he can sort of feed off and then get himself into the box to support the attack. I'm, I was really pleased for him. And yeah, it's, it's a hell of a strike. They keep him nowhere near that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for the last couple of seasons, really, we've, you know, we've been talking about the strikers and sometimes we'd have one, wouldn't we? And we'd be saying, oh, we need somebody to go with him. You know, often that'd be Kev. And uh, yeah, we've, we've sort of been looking for a real sort of proper out and out striker, if you like. And who knows? It's very early, isn't it? Who knows? I'm not, I, I don't necessarily think he's like a, a 20 goal a season one, but I think, I think he's going to, he's from what we've seen so far, he's got the potential to be really, really useful for this team. Sort of, as Matt Blanchard was saying in the other one, sort of like a Hayes, like a Torpy, you know, that sort of player. And then, you know, you need somebody with him. And I genuinely think that is Kev. And, you know, I who knows where Kev's at with his injury. And, you know, realistically, are we going to see him this side of Christmas? I, I don't know, but hopefully we will, of course. But I, for me, from what I've seen of Loft so far, the thought of him and Kev together, McAtee behind, I think that is something really to look forward to. Well, I hear um, Kev's been doing some fitness work already, so he might not be quite as far away as you think. But, you know, on Loft, I think that given the, the you know, the right amount of support, I think he, he's, you know, I'd like to think he's going to bag you about 10 goals a season, which is which is, is nice if you've got another striker playing alongside him. And I think it is going to be good to see him and Kev um, play together to see how they get on, because, uh, you know, Loft will do a lot of the donkey work, won't he? And uh it, it'll, it'll create pockets of space for Kev and Kev will be able to exploit that. So it'll be nice to see um, if when they finally get to play together. But, um, you know, so far, I think that, you know, it, it, 
he's done well for a start, but he really he's not being given a proper chance in terms of the fact that he's had very, very little support. So I'd, I'd like to see, I mean, I can't see it happening, but I'd like to see us play 4-4-2 against, against Crawley and have someone up, up top with him, anybody, whoever it is, Jarvis, Mooney, I don't care, as long as he's got some proper support and then he'll, you know, he'll get a lot more out of his game and we'll get a lot, we'll get a lot more out of him because he will bring other players into play and he's, he's just not really had that opportunity yet because there's been no one anywhere near him. Let's just talk about a couple of other moments in the game then. Um, we've mentioned Watson already and I'm with you, Matt. I think, you know, for the most part, I think it was a, a good game. But a point you actually texted me when we were watching the game was, uh, you know, about about the corners and just in general, because I think, you know, I did re- write down later on that you know, Newport really probably should have scored quite late on. I think this was about 85 minutes, wasn't it? It was that header from the corner. He sort of headed it down and it went up and over in the end. But it, it was... Uh, it, yeah, for me, that you know, that should have gone in. You'd be wanting them to score. And if you've heard the uh, Twitter clip there, manager certainly wanted him to score. <laughs> <laughs> he should have scored, yeah. And I, th- I think that <clears throat> this, this is this is one of the, the, the biggest points that worries me about Watson. He, he generally seems to shrink on set plays, but most importantly on corners. And he will kind of shrink all the way back onto his line. And he, he's almost not there. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's difficult for him. We don't expect him to come for every high ball. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult in, in a crowded penalty area. But I think that that chance, and it may not have been his fault, but he, he just, he didn't seem to be there, did he? Do you know what I mean? He didn't come for it. He was a bit flat-footed on his line. He was a bit helpless. If if the if that if the header if the if the ball was on target, it was going to go in. You know, wherever he was. So he he just seems a bit. Corners don't seem to be a strong point at all. And and as we said, we you know I thought he had a decent game, so I don't want to be too harsh on him. You know. But it, it just worries me, and especially against a team like Newport, who are quite physical, and that they obviously put a lot of work in on their set plays because um, it's, it's it's where they get a decent goal return from every season. And I think that kind of that's where we're going to struggle against teams like that in this division, and there will be a lot of them because we're in League Two. Um, and I think that it's it's a bit of a worry because he just doesn't seem to have any presence from a set play, and, and especially from corners, and it's a little bit worrying. And it doesn't really help the defense have confidence to know that the keepers sort of not going to be there behind him if you know what I mean when it comes to something like that so it's, it's I don't really know what you can do because he, he's he's not the biggest goalkeeper he's not the smallest but I just think that he I don't know really it's, it's difficult to say what, what, what can you do what can you suggest but he, he just seems to struggle at corners and I thought he did against Newport yeah, I think I, I agree with, with Matt definitely on that point. You know, you're looking for your goalkeeper, you want somebody to command that area to, you know, to come out to collect those corners. It's similar to to the Port Vale one in the last minute there. The ball's come into the box, you know, the defenders, Rory should be, you know, charging out to that right, my ball. You know, nobody's really put a name on it. It's all, oh, is it my ball? Whose ball? Like, sort of, is it? There's just that uncertainty within the box, whether that's his defenders or whether that's him. Maybe, maybe it's a shared, it's, it's a little bit of both, like, say, touching on what I said earlier about. You know, they're not really playing together, building up for it. But Rory's been with us, you know, for, for two or three times. And I know he's got a lot of harsh critics with, with the Scunthorpe fans. And mm-hmm. a piece I read on him and some of his statistics, you know, they don't make necessarily for great viewing for him. But Rory is probably, and yeah, he is the best goalkeeper we have got at the moment. And like I say, Swan's saying to us um, fans that he is going to be the number one moving forward. It's, it's a massive season for Rory. You know, I hope he can put a real good, uh, string of performances together for himself, you know, to 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 doubt those, put those doubters to bed. Really, it's um, it's going to be a big season for Rory. I hope he comes through it, and uh, yeah, it, it's huge for him. Yeah, definitely. Just before we move on, then let's just talk about a few players individually because we've we've mentioned a lot of them already. But um, I think it's worth mentioning Spence again because I think of the centre midfielder signings, Vincent's the one that's been getting you know all the plaudits so far, and you know quite rightly so. He's he's been you know he looks a really sharp player. But I thought Spence had a, a really good game on on Saturday. I think you know Spence he seems like a great addition for us. You know he's that sort of nitty gritty midfielder, even though he is only young. You can see his, that Scottish pedigree, you know, within him, hard tackling sort of thing. And then Vincent at the side of him, uh, he seems to be you know get give the ball to him and let him you know spray the passes about, give it give it to the better players if it was. So I think it'll be an interesting partnership moving forward, whether they do stick with it or whether Gilead is preferred to either one of them or he wants to play all three of them at the same time. But yeah, I think Spence, he could be a good player for us, definitely. He looks very tidy and very composed in the middle of midfield. Someone, again, that's saying that's not played really. He's played in Scotland, but he's never played in England or at, I would say, is it equivalent level? Who, who really knows? But yeah, I like him so far. I think he's a tidy player for us, definitely. I think another one to mention is Hornshaw. We had a comment sent in. I, I don't actually have it up, up hand actually here, but it was essentially along the lines of um, 
not entirely convinced that Hornshaw at right back. Uh, as we've said, you know, I think he did okay in that game. And I think it's important to note as well that he's not a natural right back, really, is he? I think he's a tent midfielder, isn't he? And then, you know, we have got Clark, obviously, Gyro as well, who I'm actually looking forward to seeing when he gets back. I don't think his injury was particularly... Uh, long term was it so hope you know hopefully we get a chance to see him soon but actually you know i i thought for me i thought uh yeah there was caught out a few times but in that sort of wing back role i, I thought he did okay against newport yeah I, I, I agree i thought it was all right um and it, it was his first league game wasn't it so yeah it's it, it was always going to be a big ask against a, a decent team uh, to, to play kind of out of position i mean what we assume is not his natural position because we've not seen a whole lot of him but you know i thought he did all right you, you can see that he, he's got he, he's He's a footballer, isn't he? He was comfortable on the ball. You know, he seems pretty tidy. He's very neat, and I thought that yeah, he he had an okay game in in a very challenging kind of position. It's it's not easy playing a, a wing back. You know, you've got to get up, you've got to get down, um, and so you've got to be incredibly fit, especially for that um, that, that part of the field. Um, and I thought, um, you know, I thought, obviously, yeah, he probably should have done better on the goal. But this is this is the way that players learn, isn't it? And th- this is. This is us bringing a young player who's come up, you know, through, through the youth ranks, who, who's, who's had some time in the under twenty threes, and now he's starting a, a full first team game, and, and you've you've got to give him a chance. But I thought for the most part, he he, he could be pretty, pretty pleased with himself. He had a <clears throat> a pretty solid game, apart from the goal. He didn't put really put a foot out of place. You know, he, he looked like he should have been there. He didn't look out of place. You know, he, he looked like he, he'd done it a few more times. So fair play to him. I thought he should have scored as well. Actually, um, he had a good chance, and their keeper made a good stay with his feet. But I thought he should have scored. So that would have been a hell of a debut, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, let's let's move ahead then, because obviously, as we've said, it's Crawley next, uh, coming up a couple of days now, actually, as this podcast goes out. Uh, what are you expecting from that then, in terms of, well, let's, as we've been discussing throughout for the Newport game, in terms of formation, in terms of players, would you expect Colclough to come back in? You know, will McAtee, if he's available, do you think he's going to slot back in? How, how do you think we're going to set up against Crawley? You know, I would hope, my point of view, he would go with the more four four two and and the two up four. If, if McAtee is available, I'm his biggest fan more than anybody. You know, him, it's, it's mouthwatering to think him back in the side like you said, Brad, with with potentially Kevin when he comes back and and, and lost for now uh, to strike up a sort of a partnership. Colcuff for me, he he has to play. He, even though he's had he struggled with injuries and you know he didn't play much last year, he had his off field problems. It, he's, I think he's too good of a player to not play at this level. You know we saw that against Port Vale when he does play wide and he gets chalk on chalk on his boots. Sorry, and he gets what gets into those positions. You know he, he can be as dangerous as anybody. But then does that mean that you don't play uh, Iser or where does Gilead come into this? It's it's a re- it's a nice headache to have in that. Uh, situation for those three players most definitely but heading to that one definitely I think if we could go with a more you know something a 4 or 2 which you know I don't think the three at the back was something they're probably not used to looking like it uh, and go from there and I'm not sure on on results wise you you would hope for the best but like I say we we didn't have a great performance there last year I think we was three or two through three or four wasn't it we got taken apart last year so you know it's um, anything better than that would would be brilliant Mm. so (laughs) we um traditionally don't do very well away at Crawley. <laughs> we just don't. I, I can't remember the last yeah. time we, we got a decent result there. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit worried about it, to be quite honest. I think that, I, I think he will probably stick to the same formation. That wouldn't surprise me. And he'll probably leave it for maybe two or three games. And if we lose to Crawley, which we always do, um, and then maybe another game after that, maybe the Carlisle game, he'll, he'll stick to it. And I think if it doesn't really, it doesn't do it, it doesn't work. He's given it an all right amount of time. Um, and then I think he'll go back to basics, really. I think he'll probably go back to the 4 4 I mean, obviously, I hope it works. I hope we get a result. But I'm not really sure it will, given kind of how, how badly it, it was in the first half against Newport. And, and Crawley is, is a difficult place to go. And, and they're not doing very well at the minute. I think they've lost three on the bounce. So they're going to need to get a result as well. So we're, kind of, we're hitting them at the, probably at the wrong time. Um, so I think that I can see him playing this information again. Um, I'd like to think that he will go for something a bit more conventional, but you know who knows. And I think that you're right, Matt. It's a bit of a dilemma. Really, we want to see Cole Clough start. He's, he's one of our best players, especially at this level. I know he's, he's he's been injured, but you need to get him on the pitch. You need to get him match fit. And I think if we do, he's, he'll be a good player for us this season. Um, but if you're playing what you play, what we played against Newport is there any room for him in the team? Not really. And I don't really, I can't really see him playing centrally. Can you? Could you no. see him play where no. uh, where Issa is? I just don't think it'd work. Let's talk about this news item that I mentioned at the start. And that's uh, some news that come out today, actually. And this we're recording this on Tuesday, the 15th. And that it's, 
that the EFL are talking to clubs in regards to a pilot game uh, about getting fans back into the stadium and it's going to be up to a thousand and that clubs can you know essentially apply to be part of this uh, and then obviously just before we were checking you know doing this episode we went onto the uh, Crawley website and they have a statement regarding uh, that very you know events uh, in relation to the game against us on Saturday and it's it's a bit of an ambiguous statement really I mean have a look on their website read the article for yourself make up your own conclusions from it uh, because it, it's sort of seemingly back and forth the, the start of it seems to suggest that they want to do this and they want to have fans in at the weekend um, whereas then the rest of the article then su- suggests that it the decision you know the deadline of 2pm today to you know put that uh, request in was too soon for them so I'm not entirely sure which way they're going but we'll, we'll keep an eye but just in general, the idea of you know maybe a thousand fans coming back into the stadium uh, is this sooner than you're expecting? I read the statement on the on the Crawley website um, and thinking you know are we going to have fans back in the game uh, you know at the, at the ground for the game and I thought you know it was a bit ambiguous when it it didn't really make any sense the statement it was a bit weird the, the kind of opening para just says that you know yes it's going to happen and the rest it says no so who the hell knows um but i think it will probably on a li- be on a limited basis because i think before a club can um can be part of the pilot scheme they've got to apply for it um and it seems a bit of short notice i don't know how many clubs are ready or in the right situation to apply for this pilot scheme we'll we'll probably find out later in the week you know i'm sure there'll be an announcement saying x amount of clubs have successfully applied to you know to to have a pilot game at the weekend, I don't think it'll be Crawley based on that statement. But who the hell knows? And 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 then it's probably a bit short notice to get any away fans in. So there's not going to be any away fans, is there? I'm not sure if they're even allowed to have away fans in. Um, it'll probably just be home fans. Um, so you know, let, let, let's see. I know there've already been some pilot games um, in pre-season. I'm, I'm sure there, there, there were actually a few. I'm sure Arsenal did one. I, I think, I think Chelsea, Chelsea, Brighton did one, didn't they? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I'm sure Cardiff did one as well. So it, it's been happening on, on a pretty limited scale. So they've now obviously got permission from the government to kind of roll it out a little bit more, um, you know, a bit, you know, into the mainstream, really. So um, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't know. If, who, who knows? I honestly don't know, to be quite honest. I think I'd, I would probably feel sorry for any Scunny fans who decide to go given our terrible away rocket at Crawley anyway. So <laughs> it, it's probably a better one to watch from the sofa, isn't it, really? be away fans anyway, will it? <laughs> Uh, but interesting though, if you do get you know a thousand fans back in, I think for obviously for Scunthorpe that's you know nearly our full attendance anyway, so you know it doesn't matter for us. <laughs> but for other clubs, that you know it's quite a, a limited amount, and obviously purely home fans. I wonder what that will do to you know just hypothetically to the atmosphere, not in terms of noise and things like that, but sort of the pressure that the players feel under with like some fans in and but not all of them. I wonder what state of mind they would be in in a situation like that. Well, if you've got a thousand fans in a relatively big stadium who was who are going to have to be spread out across the whole stadium assuming there's going to be no away fans or a very limited number of away fans. The first thing you're going to hear is the players are really going to be able to hear the abuse coming from the stands, aren't they? Because the kind of the dull murmur of having 20,000, 30,000 people in a stadium is is not there anymore. And if the fans are really spread out and if one bloke's near the pitch and he wants to call, I don't know, you know, somebody a donkey they're going to hear it aren't they so you know it's, it's a weird one isn't it it's kind of the, the other end of the scale it, it's not going to be such a big occasion but it, because it's more intimate and because there's less fans in you can really hear what they're saying as we said you know when when the Newport player missed the header <laughs> you know he should have scored that whoever we, I don't know if he was the manager we said you know how the f- did he miss that or whatever and you know this is going to be amplified so the, the players are going to hear a lot more so how is that going to affect him? you know the, the professional footballers so it shouldn't affect him at all but who knows because it's it's something that doesn't really happen is it really it's if, if mm. it was a Premier League game you know say it was supposed to be uh, I don't know wherever Old Trafford or something like that they're used to 60,000 fans there and it's you've got a thousand you know it's, it's going to be so much different and mm. it'll be interesting to see how they then like kind of broadcast or televise that because you're going to hear what the fans are saying as, <laughs> as well as the players so, you know do, do they have to start sh- showing it after the watershed <laughs> So it's, 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 it's a weird one for us as a club as well because, you know, Swan throughout this whole thing saying that us as a club, we, we're struggling financially. It's going to take a real hard hit on us as a club to get those fans through the gate. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's put prior planning into this for, for Scunthorpe 
would we want to be one of those pilots that has a thousand fans there? I know he was saying that, oh, if we just got this this 3,000 figure that he kept mentioning whenever I saw or listened to him uh, mention it about, you know, the pandemic and, and everything that's going on. So it's a weird one for me, especially with Scunthorpe. You know, we get we attract such a small crowd anyway. Well, we have done for the, the past few seasons because maybe because of how we're playing or people are interested and whatnot. But then, does that affect people? You know, financially as well. You know, can they afford to come to these games? You know, within the area, it's 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 a weird one. It's going to be so strange when fans are eventually allowed back in. You know, you see these markings where you can't sit so close to each other, or you've got to be you know in your social bubbles and and sit near each other. You know, are people going to stick to these social distancing measures when you score? You, the first thing you want to do usually if you score a last minute winner is jump up and and hug people and, and celebrate like that. So it, it's a real weird and interesting time to see how, you know, football will come back from this, letting fans back into it. But you know, as for me, sooner rather than later, you know, mm. pilot it, get it going and, and, and see where we go from there, really. I think you're right. And actually, another thing that we should really chat about now while we're, while we're sort of on the, this is the whole streaming aspect of it. Because obviously, iFollow is not a new thing. And it's, you know, typically so far in the previous seasons being used on like a Tuesday night when you've got a, a long away day. I think obviously Cambridge is in my mind. I think Exeter was planned as well. Uh, and it seemed to be that the games were engineered for that, you know, so you could have some sort of televised event for games that, you know, were a long away trip on a Tuesday night that a lot of fans aren't going to get to. And that, you know, I think that that's a great idea. You know, if, you know, Tuesday night away at Cambridge, uh, it's most people from Scunthorpe, I think they're going to struggle to get to that one, aren't they? So to a chance to see that, fantastic same with the cup games as we've seen and, and like Port Vale last week I think it was great that we could watch that this obviously being the first league game you know the first time that we've sort of had a home game on this service uh, it, it was a really odd experience I think for me uh, and interesting what you, you guys thought of it because uh, like I was saying I think back to last season when I was watching like Cambridge that felt great it felt like I was watching the game you know I was seeing all of it when it's the home game, when it's, you know, 10, 15 minutes up the road where this is taking place and obviously you see Glamford Park, it's, it's empty and, you know, you're watching this game. Maybe it's because I've watched a few of them in quick succession, the Lincoln, the Port Vale. But it, it felt to me, even though it was the first league game and that we've had a lot of build up and certainly on this podcast, we've been building up to that. It, it still, it felt a bit like a friendly to me, you know, watching it uh, through that way. And then that's why I think in the end, when it was a, a draw, it, uh, I just I sort of came away thinking, all right, yeah, yeah, we'll just you know we'll draw one one. That's that's that, and that's that's sort of it. I'm I'm done with that now, you know, and because I think you've lost you've lost that match day experience. Obviously, you know, you're not in the ground, you've not got the sort of first hand experience. But I don't know. For me, it just it felt a little bit like a friendly. So I'm with you, Matt. You know, as soon as we can get back in safely, great. Yeah, let's do that. But I'm I'm interested in seeing what what you guys thought of the the whole you know watching it you know on the streaming. I think I think you've summed it up perfectly there, Brad. You know this this whole I follow thing. You know it's the best we're going to get at the moment. It's it's what we you know we've got to live with while while we're allowed back in, while we're allowed to go and watch football. I think you've hit the nail on the head where with the match day experience. You know, for years and years, every other Saturday, pop down Scunthorpe Park. You know, we've we've had some great memories there in the years, some not so great memories in the years. But it's it's all what we enjoy doing on a Saturday. You know, cheering on cheering on our local side and you know you, you're going down there you're getting in there you're getting something to eat you're seeing your friends you're catching up it's it's all that what comes with it you know and then like you say that's it once the game's finished you turn off and you go on twitter maybe to discuss it for thingy but you don't have that oh how do you think so-and-so played with the person that sat next to you or whilst you're walking out to the ground it just it all feels so weird it's something that of course we've never ever experienced before you know it, it has that like weird pre-season friendly you know those EFL uh, checker trade like sort of game mm. vibes to it. It's, it it is real, really strange at the moment and like I said earlier the, the sooner we can get in the better because you know everybody's missing football you know the, the lower leagues now from the non-league have started allowing them back in so it, yeah it, it, it will be weird to get back in definitely because like I say with with these these spaces between and your bubbles and etc like that and you know the one way in one way out as, as it will be and stuff like that hand sanitizers before you go into the Sam's venue and stuff like that it'll, it'll, it'll be really odd but yeah like I, said, I keep saying the sooner the better for me yeah itching to go back and watch football not on a screen actually in the ground and have that you know that match day experience really it's something we all miss I'm sure uh, for the most part it, it was it was kind of um what I was expecting, it, 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 it had that kind of pre-season vibe about it, um, which I kind of think is, is expected given that there was no fans in. And, and I think that it, it kind of looked like a 
preseason performance for us for the first <laughs> half as well, which, which which didn't help. So so hopefully next week and, and and after a few games we'll be a bit more on it. But <clears throat> I mean, you know, it, it's an extraordinary circumstance, and I think that it it was a bit strange. And I think that you know, I, I quite enjoy just you know sitting at home and, and watching it. I mean, obviously I'd for the first time in the game of the season, of course, we'd have preferred to be at Glover Park to see it, but it is what it is. I mean, even if it's if if that was part of the pilot kind of pilot game scheme, at the same part, it's not the same, is it? It's not mm. the first game of the season with three and a half thousand fans in there. It's, it's it's a bit weird. It's not going to be the same. So, and it's not going to be the same for a while. I mean, look at the look at the infection rate at the minute. It's, it's skyrocketing. Now. I can't even see us getting in into grounds in October. To be quite honest, that's my yeah, you're opinion, right. But that's why I'm surprised at this pilot scheme being announced today. Actually, well, I mean, it, I mean, it surprised me. I was thinking, yeah, just just what we need, you know, thousands of people at sporting <laughs> events when the the infection rates absolutely going through the roof. But you know, everything this this government does is absolutely you know, <laughs> fathomable anyway. But I think that you know. <laughs> I don't know, it is a bit weird and it is what it is. And I, and I can't see it getting any better. And I think that even if you went to the game, I don't know, against Carlisle at Glanford Park and there was, you know, a, a thousand fans, you probably wouldn't enjoy it because it's not what you, you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's the same as going back into the office after everybody's been working from home. It's it's all very strange because you've got one-way systems, you've got your two-metre distance and stuff like that. It's, it's not what it used to be. And it's just like, if that's for good or real, I don't know. But for football to, to survive in the long term it needs to get back to what it used to be or clubs like us and, and lower league clubs. They're just not going to be able to survive, are they? Yeah, it's, it is interesting. It really is. And I think let's, let's leave it there actually, chaps, because I think I've really enjoyed this one. It's been a you know, nice discussion actually. And obviously we're going to follow, we'll follow Scunthorpe as we always do. And, you know, we'll be back next week to discuss the Crawley game. Uh, we'll keep an eye on this pilot scheme and what goes on. And if there's any updates in terms of, you know, who's going in, if Scunthorpe announced they're going to do one at some point, obviously we'll cover that when we get to it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed this one. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate that. Yeah. No, it's no problem at all. Thank you very so much for having me, chaps. Really appreciate it and really enjoyed it, yeah. Not at all. And check out uh, some of Matt's articles. They're on the Iron Brew website if uh, if you haven't seen them already. There's quite a few on there. So do give them a read and uh, give him some support on Twitter if you, uh, if you are following him. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll see you next week. I thought, you know, we're going to be all right this season. Probably not many. Um, but then, you know... Her, um, Fuck's sake. <laughs> that is the third time you've done that now. <laughs> I'm leaving that one in as well. No, you can't. I said for fuck's sake right after it. You didn't say it right. Okay. I don't know why. Like, I don't know. Anyway. It's not normally like this, Matty. We're normally professional. <laughs> it's like this at all. You're fine. <laughs> I've, I've got it. I've got it. So I think... Uh, oh, shit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 